0: Classes and I, my brain just like full on stopped working. <laughs> I don't know how to work.
1: It's okay. You still have some time before you have to pick yourselves pick yourself <laughs> back up for an internship. You'll you'll figure it out.
0: Well, I do have a class that starts in a couple weeks, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have fair time for my internship.
1: That, that too. <laughs> oh my gosh! So how are you doing tonight? What's what are you drinking? What's going on?
0: I'm drinking a rum and coke because i didn't know what else to make and i also we're like out of everything right now so whatever um and then i'm doing well i am relaxing this is my first week off of classes so i'm like getting into the groove of relaxing um i ooh, exciting news i am the master of information student council vp of communications wow for the next year congratulations so excited thank you i was the Professional Development Committee Co-Chair for the past year, and now I'm going to be VP Communications. Amazing! So developments—I actually have news to share. Who knew? <laughs> Love it. Oh, I know. What else? Nothing else, otherwise. <laughs> Wish I had something more exciting. <laughs> Fair That's enough. It. How how are you doing?
1: Um, I'm good. I'm I'm drinking a alcoholic strawberry lemonade. So, nice and refreshing, yeah. you know, summertime drink, even though, again, I know it's only April, but at least when we're recording this, but um, it's California and it's hot, so I need summertime <laughs> beverages. Um, but I'm, I'm doing well. My work project is finally starting to wrap up. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, so I haven't finished stressed out about work and I'm starting to, like think ahead to my next project and some other projects later on this year just to like get myself oriented and and planned out um, for everything that needs to get done. And then also just get ahead of any potential regulatory inquiries that we may have just so we're fully prepared. So get to do some like pre-planning, which is nice, nice change of pace from being just like drowning, (laughs) which is what I've been for the last three months. Um, But no, things are good. I i also did a good chunk of reading over the last couple of weeks so as you know because we were talking about this earlier i'm almost done with the original shatter me trilogy which is great um aaron warner has made my top five list of book boyfriends which people do not normally break into that list of book boyfriends (laughs) they're they've been solidified since i was like a 12th grader so um that's big news. Slowly making my way through Akatar. <laughs> uh. uh <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy the books, but as, like, mindless entertainment. Like, they're not good literature, but they're very entertaining, which is kind of how I feel about Shatter Me as well. <laughs> um, and then I have also been reading um, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, which is... Phenomenal. Like, I need to read it. You do. I, I think you would really like it. Um, not, you would get frustrated with how slow it is, and I know that for you. Um, it's gonna take you a while to read it, and it's taking me a while to read it, but it's almost like I feel like I'm savoring it. Like, you get to just read a little bit every day and kind of stretch it out, and it feels so just like silky like I don't know how to explain that book in a way other than just silky like reading it feels like silk on your skin it's just so smooth and easy to read
0: (laughs) such an interesting way of putting
1: it but you'll I I promise you the book on my skin I can I promise you when you um when you read it like V.E. Schwab has a way of writing that is just so rhythmic and picturesque but also just smooth um plus -hmm. it doesn't hurt that the demon in the book like talks very silkily like you know how bad boys do that sometimes (laughs) I can't get over the silky thing (laughs) Uh, uh, I mean I feel like that's touch is one of the senses I'm allowed to use to describe things scent is not we learned that in the last book (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, so so oh yeah, that's another thing you would hate about uh Acatar or at least Akamath. They talk about like people being able to scent
0: their bonds between oh, them. No, I would no. I can't, like what is this whole thing with scents? I don't understand. Well it. apparently if we're not dogs.
1: If fairies well if fairies have mated, um, they have a oh, mating no. bond and their mating oh, bond no. gives off a oh, scent. No,
0: no, 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 no. No, absolutely not. I'm not here for that. <laughs> I,
1: I told you that. you would be uncomfortable reading those books. I stand by that. They are not for yeah,
0: you. <laughs> I'm gonna a try them.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I can synop. I can uh, give you a synopsis of them if you want to know what everyone's talking about at another date, though okay that way you don't have to go through all the cringe which i know you would be cringing through those books so happy to help in whatever way and then we don't give any more money to sarah j moss which is also great problematic problematic authors (laughs) uh uh, and then yeah the uh, last thing i'll say is I, i did a nice long barnes and noble trip this last weekend i'm gonna do another one this weekend and uh i really need to get my bookshelves built in my house. Yeah, you need to get built-ins. I'm going to. My cousin's going to build them for me.
0: Yeah, you keep saying that one. <laughs>
1: well, I he's been a little let's just say reckless during the pandemic because he thinks uh, okay. COVID is That's a hoax. Fair.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I'm waiting till I'm fully vaccinated before okay, I do that. Yeah. But I had my first shot on Thursday. That's oh big life update. I got my first COVID shot. Oh,
0: what did you get? Uh, <laughs> <a> Pfizer. <laughs> so I keep asking everyone like I want to find someone else who's gotten Moderna because I want to like I want to compare notes sims. <laughs> uh
1: yeah well so I can tell you after my first shot with Pfizer I I had a bad brain fog like hmm. I just could not work the whole next day it I didn't feel ill I just couldn't be like I could read and I could watch tv but that was about it I couldn't like focus on work so I ended up just taking half the day, and then today I asked for the Friday after my second shot and the Monday after that weekend off. So that way I can just have, like, a nice long weekend in case I have any really bad side, effect, side effects from the second shot. It's a good idea. Just to plan ahead. And then last update, and I can kind of show you this. I can send you a video later, too. Sorry, podcast people. Um, I finally did my wall art in my room. Oh cute. So you just need the bed. No, I just need the bed, the big giant gap in, in the wall. But it is uh Percy Jackson themed. So it is called the Olympian aesthetic. And then I mixed in the Athena aesthetic for some extra wisdom and oh my gosh. fun. <laughs> it's not as obnoxious <laughs> as the cute. Harry Potter collage, but I I love these collage walls from Archive Sunday. I think they're so pretty. Okay, that was very long-winded. Um, should we get into <laughs> uh get into some conversations that are not long-winded because everyone in this book is reckless af absolutely insane they don't know how to make plans it stresses me out but let's get into it so today we're talking about chapters 28 and 29 of the cruel prince by holly black we are so close to the end i cannot wait to find out how this finishes uh, but we'll start with the synopsis for chapter 28. So Jude gets back to the uh, Court of Shadows compound and the ghost in the bomb realize that she has a scheme. She's been she's been plotting something and she tells them that they're going to all go to Bailikin's feast and they will steal his kingdom out from under him. Jude tells them she wanted to believe Dane was different and that he wouldn't have had his kid killed. And the ghost tells her she can't uh, pin too much on pining for goodness if she wants to be a spy. It's basically just like, everyone sucks, you're shit out of (laughs) luck. Welcome to the club, Chica. Um, We also learn that the ghost's dad was mortal. Which is interesting which explains why he has so many mortal features. Jude reveals to him uh that the kid lived we know the kid is oak but she doesn't use names yet and then he says that he wants to serve the next high king so he's gonna fight with Jude. They tell the roach the plan uh, and he refines it a little bit you know makes some small tweaks not a lot though and asks her if she's concerned about Maddox and this whole situation. She is, because once she takes the Regency sort of position away from him, she thinks that that will be when he is at his most bloodthirsty, and that, you know, as soon as she shows up to this banquet on Cardin's arm, he's going to know something's up and he's going to be suspicious. Then the roach asks if her and Cardin have better clothes. Because they're not dressed to go to a a High King's Banquet. And Jude spends a couple of sentences um, staring at Cardin's hands and getting really excited every time he looks at her and then feeling ashamed about that excitement. So she's still repressing her feelings. Great. Then after they're done planning, she goes to talk to Vivi uh, because she needs to get Vivi in on this plan with Oak. Back at the house, she packs a bag of knives and poisons and then some gowns.
0: Casual go-bag. Priorities.
1: (laughs) Then she goes to Vivi, and Vivi sees that she's packed but realizes she isn't coming with her to the mortal realm and chides her for staying away from the house for so long. She tells Vivi the whole story and the plan and that she needs Vivi to take Oak to the mortal realm. Jude will, of course, stay behind and make sure he has something to come back to. Vivi is very suspicious of her. With good reason. (laughs) So Jude tries to distract her with coronation prep discussions. Vivi confirms that... um, Jude actually wants her to steal Oak away and questions why Jude thinks this is a good idea given what happened to their mom the last time a fairy child was stolen from Matic. Great point, Vivi. Great point. (laughs) (laughs) And then Vivi says she doesn't really want to play babysitter because she doesn't want Oak to blame her for anything and she doesn't really want to have this responsibility for, like, being the sole keeper of his upbringing but jude tells her there's no other solution vivi asks jude how she's supposed to explain this to heather and jude rightly points out that it's not the hardest thing about the situation to explain to heather and jude promises her that this will save oak's life and that it won't cost jude her own and vivi doesn't believe her again (laughs) that's probably correct vivi (laughs) As she is leaving, as Jude is leaving, she sees Taryn, and they just kind of stare at each other. Taryn notices Jude has a bag and is in the clothes that she was wearing a couple of days ago when they fought. But then she just goes back in her room and ignores
0: everything. Some good old sister we love. Oh, God. Okay, chapter 29, we we'll get to the good stuff. Jude and Cardin are at the front door of Hollow Hall where he talks to his door knocker and it lets them in. <laughs> One of Baileykin's fairy servants sees Cardin, is so surprised, points them towards the guests. Cardin takes her arm and they walk in, and Jude starts to warm a little, noting that Cardin is fun. Whoever thought she would be calling him fun <laughs> beats me. I don't even know that that's the right descriptor to use. It's not. It feels so, like, lame, but whatever. We'll we'll get into it. She's a teenage girl. True. (laughs) She describes his very regal outfit and recognizes how good he looks, Judas in a green dress armed to the teeth with her sword and a collection of knives. They walk in and everyone is staring at them, and she tries to make eye contact with Roybin, but he gives her nothing this unnerves her because she has to trust him and she doesn't like having to rely on this trust because she doesn't trust herself to be charming and convincing in the first place she then sees the crown and also sees bailikin talking to queen orlog nacacia's mother bailikin turns to them and Cardin turns them towards the wine (laughs) at least he's always consistent yes it's true (laughs) always the wine (laughs) Bailikin and Cardin have a chat and Bailikin tells Jude to leave but then Maddox comes up to join the conversation realizing Jude may be involved somehow. Wow, no duh. Maddox looks displeased and Jude knows he's grumpy that she brought Cardin to Bailikin and not to him directly, thinking she's a fool. Maddox starts replanning in his head. He then tells Bailikin to reward Jude for bringing Cardin, and Bailikin promises her anything she asks for. I don't believe him. No, he he killed his entire family. <laughs> of course, we don't believe him. <laughs> she gives Matic a glass of wine and drinks a few sips from a separate glass. And everyone toasts to fairy with Carden drowning his glass, then drinking straight from the bottle. Classic.
1: Classic Cardon. Must have like
0: alcohol poisoning at this point. Can fairies get that? That's uh, a good question. <laughs> I mean, he gets drunk, so he has to be right. He has to be able to. Yeah, I'm worried about his alcoholism. <laughs> Felican tries to move things along. Carden is lazily stretching it all out. She can see Maddox thinking Carden will be easy to manipulate. And Carden tells them he will share terms after dinner. (laughs) They run into Nikesha, who asks where Carden has been. And Jude can tell she's been panicked. Carden tells her Jude ties ties tight knots and made him her prisoner. (laughs) occasion notes it is good he was able to slip the bonds, and he condescends to her asking if he actually did. She tries to reason with him, and he softens and tells her to stay away from him for her own sake. Jude sees Taryn and lock, and Taryn looks resentful because Jude is there with a prince. God damn it, Taryn. Yep. Yeah. Jude then tells us the plan, which is to, one, get in, that has been done, two, get everyone else in, three, get the crown, four, put the crown on oak's head and five get out i would like to point out that exactly
1: what you just wrote is a direct quote from the book
0: it literally says
1: one two (laughs) with no actual plan details
0: okay sorry jude parts from carden and goes to oriana and oak while she sees severin go to prince bailican which freaks her out Oriana asks what's going on with Cardin, and Jude tells her it is what she asked for, and she needs to be ready to pay any price. She also sees Cardin pulled into the conversation with Velikin and Severin, playing the part he needs to. Jude smiles at Oak, hoping that her past has not made her a monster and that she is not going to turn him into one either. Hmm... But she knows Vivi won't teach him that and that Vivi can teach him about things other than power while Jude consolidates power for his return. Jude walks out, unlatches a window so the spies can come in, but then Maa comes towards her. He's upset she didn't come to him with Cardin first, but now says he needs to talk to the two of them alone. Jude tries to move away from him from the window, move him away from the window so he won't spot the spies. She admits she knew, knows about Oak and his plan to rule Elfham, and he looks at her like she is a stranger. He asks if she is there to bargain, and she plays somewhat coy, which makes him angry, asking if she would prefer that there be no high king, because that would be war, and he would win the war. He promises her everything she wants, and she points out his little power trip is all about him, and he doesn't even mention Oak. She asks him to promise he won't hurt Oak, and will step down and give Oak power when he is of age, and Madoc cannot make that promise. So she draws her sword, and they move into a fighting stance. Maddox taunts her, saying she could have had everything and will be left with nothing. Ju taunts back, saying she won't tell him her plan and says it is time to fight. They exchange blows, and she realizes he is using his full force, not like when they trained, and she didn't realize how much better he was than her. She says to herself she doesn't need to be stronger than him, she just needs to hold out. She manages to get a shallow cut off on him, and he elbows her in the face. Ah! He, tells her to sur- <laughs> he tells her to surrender and that he will forgive her, But and she can get Cardin to help him. He starts to wobble, and she tells him to surrender, and he laughs but then feels off. She tells him she imagines he is not feeling himself and admits she poisoned him, but that he will live from it. He asks how she would know which one he chose, and she said which one of the glasses he chose, and she said she didn't, so she poisoned both. He tells her she will be sorry, and she just responds that she is what he made her. She is his daughter. He passes out on the floor. The ghost and the roach come in, find her sitting next to his body, too tired to move, and they just give her a handkerchief for her blood and say on to phase three. And that's the end of chapter 29. Ah yeah well let's go to so let's go to 28 what are your thoughts on 28
1: okay so the whole and this is just a general thought like since the kiss happened i feel like the quality of the writing and the plot has gone downhill considerably that like some of these conversations that are happening to move forward plot just feel very forced or like very inserted where they yeah. don't make sense in the overall context. And, like, the whole conversation at first when Jude is revealing that the child lived and they're, like, discussing Dane's goodness or supposed goodness with the ghost, it it, it just feels very forced. Like, Jude already knows Dane's not good and that people in fairy generally are not good and she can't hold her hat on that. So, like, the ghost lecturing her about that and her being like, oh, well, blah, blah, it, it just felt unnecessary um it just i don't know felt kind of like thrown in hobbled like all of these random conversations were meant to be in different places but then they got hobbled together a little bit just to get the book out the door and it was a little bit annoying um to like start the chapter that way where i was just
0: like okay yeah the ghost does have another plot line that comes up later. So mm-hmm. I think that she's trying really hard to like get get like his plot line into the story more, but like it could have been done a lot longer. Ago. Well, and I was
1: it was I was talking to a friend about this earlier today. It feels very much like she had all of these plot points that were meant to be here and then her publisher was like yeah. no, this needs to go in book 2, and so she had to like take all of this stuff out but then tying up those knots at the end of the book didn't work out very well um i think that's what happened i mean you can correct me if i'm wrong if those plot points are not in book two but like that's just the vibe that i was getting that there were some things that got moved to book two but didn't fully get moved and so it was kind of sloppily done but i do at least like the point at the tail end of that conversation when Jude says that, like, they as a group and, like, to rule fairy, that they don't need to be good, but they do need to be fair. And it's just a good reminder that, like, those two things are not always the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So I did, I did like that. Uh Jude also, <laughs> when she's telling Vivi she was a spy,
0: she's like, I'm great at it. And I was like... <laughs> Dude, she, like, casually dropped in. She was like, I have a bookmark because I just think it's so funny. She's like, and I kill people. I'm like, girl, no, you don't. You've killed, like, maybe two people. And you also had a lot of regret afterwards. I mean, maybe not the first kill, but.
1: Right. And she's not a good spy. Like, she's objectively. She's a terrible (laughs) spy. A terrible spy.
0: spy. She is privileged in a lot of ways and from that privilege she somehow managed to build this like spy career out of that because she wouldn't have been taken on if she didn't have that connection to Matic. She reminds me of in this
1: particular situation of a like really rich trust fund kid like a girl with blonde hair getting a career in PR because of who her parents are. (laughs) yeah like not not wrong that's the vibe i get from her spying career um which is she's bad at it but everyone's like yeah you can continue to be a spy
0: you're great (laughs) (laughs) that's a good good point
1: but i just i don't know i thought that that was really funny Uh, I also thought Vivi had a really good point that their past trauma and experiences do seem to indicate that this is a very bad, no good plan. It's, it's like coming full circle. And Jude's just like, I see no problems with this whatsoever.
0: (laughs) Yep. Girl. Well, She's so blinded by like, she thinks she's doing the right thing. I know, and that's all that matters. I know, and she's just as self-centered as Maddox right now. So,
1: yep. Well, she wants the power. She she's yeah. not admitting it, but she wants the power for herself because she thinks she'll be better than Maddox. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Taryn is a really crappy sister. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. She just sees her sister packing. Her sister might be leaving her forever. She says nothing. No concern. No comment. Not even a sad, like, just absolutely nothing. And it baffles me that, like, a boy is driving this much of a wedge between her and Jude. Because Jude's not the one that's, like, instigating all of this stuff. It's all Taryn at this point.
0: I will, like, okay, in high school, right, I had two best friends who were, like, best friends with each other, like, more than I was with them. Like, they were, like, the closest friends, like, as close as you could get without being sisters. Same situation. I mean, the guy did not do anything as terrible as Locke did, right? But, Price. like, he did show that he was interested in both girls, mm-hmm. Um, and then he obviously chose one girl and that was the end of their friendship. And it's sad when that happens. It, like, should not come to that. Like, especially in this case, Taryn knew what was going on and she didn't do anything. Like, it's one thing if, like, they both don't know anything. But if one party knows something, then you're at fault and you need to own up to that.
1: And you can't be pissed at her for making out with your boyfriend when you let her make out with your boyfriend. Exactly. Also, get mad at your boyfriend for making out with your sister, knowing that you would see that. Like, t- <sighs> Taryn. <laughs> she had so much potential at the beginning of this book series, and I've given up on her.
0: I hope Written they her choose off. her as MVPs at all. Uh,
1: you chose her once, Maybe. I chose her- no, you chose her twice. I chose oh, her once. I hate
0: myself. Even though I knew what she was gonna do, <laughs> I probably said that. I had to have said that to justify it. Okay.
1: Well, you wouldn't oh, have told Lord. me that because you wouldn't have told me that she was gonna do anything. So. Oh my gosh, that's true.
0: Okay, well.
1: But it was like really early on. Like you did chapters four and five. I did nine and ten, and then you did fourteen and fifteen. So. Okay. I think that was before Jude actively started like dating Locke too much it could have been so great i know i know uh but yeah that's all i had for chapter 28 it was pretty pretty brief
0: same not much happened there (laughs) it's basically just setting up vivi's part of the story and that's it right exactly uh okay chapter
1: chapter 29 what do you got
0: um, I love this door knocker thing. I don't know why I'm, like, obsessed with it. The first time I read this, I remember, like, having to reread it because I was so confused. But, like, I want it. <laughs> That's my name. Boy. Yes.
1: 100%. Yes. It comes back later, too,
0: so. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, I love, I just love any grand entrance where no one, like, a Cinderella entrance where no one is expecting anything like that to happen and then like boom the main character walks in in this case with a prince on her arm and everyone's like whoa what the heck was going on I live for those scenes I think that they're so good and then we get a whole like a Taryn and a Locke situation and Taryn being envious she's like oh what happened why is my sister one upping me I love that so much the whole Balakin and Maddox and Carden and Jude thing, I would die to see that on screen because it's such a tense situation and so incredibly awkward because Baelic probably like, why the hell is this little girl here? I just want to talk to my bull brother and make him make me king and then I can kill him. (laughs) And Maddox's like, "What? what, what, why are you here? What, why aren't you talking to me, hello?
1: Oh, I really, I liked how, it, to your point, I liked how, um, Maddox's like, what's going on? Why are you here? Like, what, what's, what's happening here? But also, can give her some money. She did good. She brought Carden to you. So, like, reward her. Even though he's about to, like, strip her of all rewards. <laughs> Bailican is shady. Well, but he's, I mean, Balikin says he'll give anything to her that he wants, but he doesn't offer that up. Like, Maddox has to ask for it. And I find it interesting because it's kind of like, Maddox's about to go fight with her and tell her that he'll take everything away from her, but only he's allowed to do that. Everyone else needs to treat her like the little princess she is. Yeah, that's and true. It, it reminds me of like I mean I know he's her dad but like older siblings where they're the only ones allowed to
0: shit talk yeah. you know? if really and if any their relationship does it. too like that's like any friendship has that too like yeah. I can shit talk all of my friends all I want but the minute someone else does it no it's not allowed oh
1: the claws are coming out yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah um the whole Nakacia situation I thought was so interesting because even Jude picks up on it the way that like he visibly and like audibly softens when she he's talking to her like there's clearly I love this I love that this isn't like a book with a first love and so they're both like super infatuated like Jude and Carden infatuated with each other I mean they're getting there right now (laughs) but it's this like reminder like he's had a first love before like and he's not necessarily over her which adds a different dynamic Mm um because that's real life like people most people are gonna have unless you're like in a special situation right most people have dated so they're gonna have a past and history that you need to get to know
1: but then it also makes it feel more compelling when they do actually like find their person in the book because then you get that statement right or the series of statements where it's like, okay, waiting for you. <laughs> this is like nothing else I've ever felt before. Yes,
0: and It's more meaningful because it's true. It
1: is. I, I did. I agree, though, that the scene with Carden and Keisha was like, I don't know. It was very sweet. It's like she knew yeah. that she made a mistake choosing Locke mm-hmm. and she's trying to atone for it. And Carden definitely still loves her. And to some extent, and I just, I was like, oh, you poor babies. You were conned by a
0: fox, and I feel so bad for you. And, like, she's panicking and, like, clearly worried about him, too. She does, she is, like, this is why I like her character, is, like, later on we get a really good arc for her, and it's, like, she actually grows out of someone she could have been, like, she could have gone a completely different pathway and been a terrible extra antagonist to the both of them but right she's i think here we're starting to see like oh she's like actually a nice decent person right and it's like at one point later on but right now
1: well and you know definitely there's still like jude power probably drives her in a lot of ways and so she's not always going to make the right decision but jude also doesn't always make the right decision and if we have empathy and forgiveness and grace for jude we can have that for nakesia as well Um, because, I mean, they're both, they're both driven by (laughs) the same thing, so I will probably forgive her, even if she does something really dumb.
0: And we meet her, well, not really meet, but we get to get a glimpse at her mother, Mm -hmm. who is interestingly talking to Bailikin. Who knows what that means?
1: I mean, clearly they have some kind of a relationship. Yeah. Otherwise, she wouldn't have told him about the
0: poison but i think that there's a lot of parallels we can talk about this when you read the next couple books but there's a lot of parallels between acacia and jude that i think Mm -hmm. is so interesting that we should remember to like look back at that
1: no i think that that's i think that that's fair i i can definitely i mean already starting to see a a lot of parallels um it would be interesting to hear something from acacia's point of view rather than jude's for a little while (laughs) just because jude annoys me a lot but (laughs) it's fine um i okay so circling back to the whole fun comment where she like takes cardin's arm and she's like i feel warm cardin's fun and i'm like he's not even talking to you you're just walking into a room to get how is that fun he didn't do anything fun Like, it's just, I don't know, it's fascinating to see her slowly start to come to terms with her emotions, but she doesn't have the right vocabulary to put those emotions into words yet. So she's, Mm -hmm. she's getting there. So like, fun is an adjective. Is it the right one? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. But that's because she's still feeling her way into what her emotions actually are. And fun is a very, like, safe, easy adjective to use.
0: And one thing that, like, I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but I think that's always interesting is the difference in the way people actually talk and the way book people talk. Because, like, honestly, like, I think at her age, I probably would have called a guy that I had a crush on fun. Because I don't, my vocabulary was, like, I'm not thinking like, oh, like, how can I, you know, label this guy with all the flowery words that I know that are in my vocabulary? Like, I was like, oh, he's fun.
1: That's fair. That versus a fair book where, like, idea. yeah, you
0: want those like more illustrative terms, but I think in her head at that moment it would make sense for her to be like, "He's fun." It just sounds very lame on paper because it is a book, but
1: it, yeah, I would. Mean, it's, it's like use like entertaining, interesting, captivating, mm-hmm. compelling. There were so many words going through my head, but she's just she's not there yet, no. so <laughs> it's fine. Uh, still continue to hate Balican. <laughs> um good note, good no. I well, so I'm glad that he at least had some modicum of self-restraint in this chapter where he didn't just like immediately go pummel <laughs> Carden into a wall. But like dude, use your brain. Being mean to your little brother that you need something from is not a way to get what you need, and also it's very unlikely that your little brother is going to give you what you need considering you've been torturing him for years. Like just a friendly reminder, be nice to the people around you because you will need them for something and it will come back to bite you in the ass. Oh yeah. This has been a PSA. <laughs> <laughs> I also was getting really fed up in the middle of the chapter um, with like all of the talking and the political intrigue because I just wanted to know what was going to happen. So this was the comment I wrote, I hate reading this whole chapter slowly because I just want to know how it is going to end. This political intrigue is killing me. Fairy niceties can suck it. Let's get this show on the road.
0: <laughs> you do not like politics, do you? <laughs>
1: <gasps> Normally, I do, but like, we're so close to the end. Like, I just it want action, yeah. the action right now. Like, I. No more world building. Just tell me what's gonna happen. Cardin's sass when he tells Balakin to cultivate his patience. <laughs> and that's the comment. I just. <laughs> I loved that so much. I can I can picture like drunk Carden in my head being like,
0: "Cultivate it." <laughs> he is, I think, slowly starting to get like a little bit more courageous, a little bit bolder, and I think it's because he has spent way too much time around the spies,
1: particularly Jude, who has no fear. Yes, like at he all.
0: Filter that, that yeah. <laughs> anything that goes into her
1: head pops right out yep uh i'm so i know so okay i know you said you were you liked the whole thing with taryn like being jealous from the sidelines and i would like to know more about like what specifically compelled you about that because i was so over her attitude like, she's just being a little kid who can't handle her sister having something better than her, even if it's not what you want.
0: Oh, I think that Taryn, I we've talked about it before, but Taryn is trying to get power in her own way, right? hmm And so she thought that by marrying Locke, who is a well-to-do fairy, that was how she was going to have power, and she was going to have more power than the rest of her family, And she never told Jude any of that. And so when that announcement was made, she was for a minute holding power because she had Locke and Jude hadn't seen that coming at all. And now here's Jude coming in with a prince who she has told nothing about to Taryn. Taryn has not had any knowledge that like she was even remotely talking to Carden. And it's not just the fact that he's a prince, he is the most wanted prince in the kingdom right now. <laughs> like, basically with a bounty on his head. True. And she's on his arm, and clearly has it's up to something. Um, so it's that kind of, like, she's, like, realizing, like, oh, like, I don't have the power. I, I just wish
1: she would be more content where it's, like, she's getting a modicum of power by the decision that These she made. These
0: sisters
1: are going to be content. I... <laughs> but that's what I want from Taryn. I want her to, like, have made her decision to be content with her decision, not to be pissed that her sister is potentially social climbing more than her. Like, be happy for your sister. Don't be like, oh, well, now my toy's broken and I'm going to break it so I can steal your toy. <laughs> Though it, I would be great if she broke lock. Like honestly, I would enjoy that. But she's not allowed to end up with Cardin. No. Not happening. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm glad that Jude is starting to realize how similar her and Cardin are, in a lot of yep. ways. Uh, like, she has that line, um, I'm shocked by recognition. If you live your life always afraid, always with danger on your heels, it is not so difficult to pretend away more danger. First off, killer line. That's a (laughs) really cool statement. And her realizing that Cardin and her handle things in similar ways, even though their coping mechanisms are different, like, with how they actually are able to do the pretending. But- they are dealing with things in the same way. Like she can slowly, slowly start to relate to him more, which will make her open up to him. And I'm excited for it. All right, should we talk about the fight? Yes. You go first. <laughs> How are you I'm still. So, I'm still. So...
0: <sighs> I mean, all that I'm going to say is I feel like we've been leading up to it. She's talked about like training with Maddock for a while and like she finally gets to use those skills and i think it's a good humble kind of humility i mean it's a good time of humility for her to realize like oh she's still not that good like she can swing her sword around and look pretty all that she wants but like Manic in some ways was right like she's not at a level that she needs to be in order to be a knight um even though he does offer that to her in the middle of the (laughs) fight um (laughs) But, um, my favorite part is the whole poisoning part, because we've been waiting for that. She's been training herself to take poison. And, um, you know, finally she gets to actually put that to use. It wasn't all for nothing. Um, too bad it's with Matic. I'm so sorry <laughs> for you. <sighs> but she does what she needs to do. She was smart. She knew that he was going to go after her. Yeah. Um, my question, though, with that was like, what if he had just passed out in the middle of the banquet? <laughs> like, there would have been suspicions.
1: I think I'm she sorry. picked her poisons very carefully based on their acting time and how much he would have drinken. True, that's right. Because oh. she's poisoned herself with every poison, Julia.
0: So she's well prepared. She is. <laughs> oh, what are you? What are you feeling like? Then?
1: I Should hated. I, hold a funeral? I hated it so much. Daddy Maddock betrayed me personally. <laughs> uh like okay, before I get into how disappointed I am in him, first off, don't try and murder your children. sir. Really? like what the hell also elbowing her in the face. Yeah, like. Come on. That, too much. Too much, sir. I don't know. I was just, I was so disappointed in him. This whole thing made me really sad. I'm, I'm hoping that he's just like jumped up on some fairy adrenaline rush and he will eventually come around and realize that he's being wrong. And I'm going to hold out hope for that. Mm Mm-hmm because I love him, and I need him to be better than this. Uh, but yeah, the the fact that he was willing to end Jude and also take everything away from her, even if he didn't kill her, makes him no better than Balakin, and it's a hard pill for me to swallow, considering how much I love him. <laughs> he just wants power, and he wants war. Right, wants but it's... It. It, Piss- the thing that pisses me off is how much of a hypocrite he's being like he just i don't know five chapters ago was saying that family is the most important thing and like you have to make your decisions to support your family and he led us to believe that he was doing all of this stuff to take care of oak and like because his <laughs> loyalties lied with oak that's what he told jude and for someone who's all about like family and self-sacrifice He's just being a total hypocrite. Like, he wants his family to support him, but he won't sacrifice to support his family. And that was pissing me off a lot. I'm just very upset with him right now, and I need him to be better than this. <laughs> because I, t- I don't- You have a long
0: road. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you that. I have been warning you, you let yourself- do this to you i
1: did i let myself fall in love with Maddox, and it's okay, i did this to myself you are right you ch- kept trying to get me off of daddy Maddox's train and i kept saying choo choo chug along so it's all my fault but still i'm upset uh i also just for jude like agree with you how great the move was about poisoning the both of them very ballsy could have gone very wrong, to your point. Uh, but I was also just thinking how hard that must have been for her to, like, go through that whole interaction and actually execute on the poisoning and then have this whole conversation with him and realize that he never actually believed in her the way that she wanted him to and that he was always only out for himself, even though he was Mm -hmm. pretending to prop her up and make her be successful. Um, so I'm just I would be interested to see what her therapy session looks like after this fight. <laughs> Don't we all?
0: <laughs>
1: I wanna be on a fly on the wall for Jude's all of Jude's therapy sessions. Yes.
0: <laughs> She'd probably start throwing knives at her therapist, let's be honest. I guess, like I have to be like put into a like tied down to her chair. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh
1: That's what I had for chapter 29. (laughs) Any
0: other thoughts? No, it's like it went really fast um, because like, as you said, there's just a lot of political talk, which is like kind of I think it's necessary. I will say back to your point about like feeling like she had to move some stuff from book one to book two. I don't think so. I think it's just like hard leading up to the end of the book. Um, Because you do want to, like, leave off on that cliffhanger because, like, clearly this was set out to be a trilogy from the start. Right. Um, And I think there's no easy way. I think the only, you know, I don't even know any authors who write, like, these kind of political and, like, balanced political and action kind of things well. Like, it's really hard, I think. Hard, of course. Maybe yeah oh my god well she's like in her own league <laughs> that's true i was gonna say um, poppy war is a great political and war yes, that is that oh. is very very true but there's a reason that's also an adult book and just the themes in there true um but for ya it's it's a hard balance i think um, yeah because this the plots so I, need to be simpler yeah, and you don't want to drag out politics in a YA book. Like, let's be honest, when we were, like, teenagers, the last thing I wanted to read was about court politics. Like, <laughs> true, the most boring thing in the entire world.
1: I just wanted people to be making out or, like, stabbing yeah, each other.
0: <laughs> Honestly, that's still why I read YA. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> now we, we have um, Rebecca Kwong to, like, do our, our po- political you know appeasing but Mm,
1: i cannot wait for that dark academia novel
0: i am ready for it it's gonna be hell and i'm ready
1: (laughs) so we both need to Um, read the burning god before we read
0: i'm putting it up well i'm gonna i actually just set it aside to read now that i have time so i'm excited
1: this is my plan i'm gonna finish all of the shatter me books all of the akatar books from blood and ash and then go back into poppy war
0: Good plan, good plan. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to dive into it. I, I need to.
1: I support you. I just, I'm going to need to, like, shove a lot of romance into my, like, being before I just go into pure pain. It's,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's give you. Give yourself some fluff. <laughs> not that this has anything to do with Jude and Carton. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jude and Carton are, have their own problems. They are not romantic right now no they're a mess um speaking of i'm very concerned
1: with what's gonna happen in the next chapter in the epilogue i (laughs) i'm so there's no way i don't i don't think oak is getting crowned king yeah i have no faith that oak is gonna get crowned king what do you think is gonna happen that there's going to be a scuffle, and Oak's going to, or Oak and Vivi are going to pull some kind of a prank, whatever, and they're going to crown Cardin King. Because then they don't have to worry about taking care of Oak in the mortal realm, and Vivi could, misguided, be like, "Jude, come away with me now. Do you think Balikin's going to die? I hope so. That'd be nice okay i i honestly am not even thinking about balican i just things are going too neatly to plan for there to be two more books and for everything to actually work out the way jude's expecting it to um i don't so it's like it's kind of, one of the things that i don't know who's gonna betray who i don't really have theories on that but i don't think oak's gonna be crowned king
0: here's the problem right Carden only gave her his um, loyalty, whatever, um, for a year and a day. Right. And Oak is only 12. He's going to be 13 by the time. Oak his, is 7. Well, agreement is oh, 7. Oh, my God. <laughs> why, why did I think 12? Oak is 7. So he's only going to be 8 by the time that wraps up. Mm-hmm. So what happens then? Like. Like. What if Carden is a terrible king and she just made it worse?
1: Yeah. But if she makes him fall in love with her, by then she can just control him with her vagina and it's fine. <laughs>
0: She's the power of sex.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm very worried about this whole Oak Carden thing. It seems very tenuous. Roybin and Severin don't know that they're supporting Oak. They think they're supporting Cardin. So, like, that adds a whole nother layer into it with like who they're actually going to back. Because if Jude wanted them to back a seven year old, she probably should have told them they're backing a seven year old. Yeah. Just saying. Like, that's in terms of strategy, like, giving people all of the pieces that they need to make a decision. Well
0: sometimes it's better to withhold information though
1: Yeah but I think it's gonna come back to bite her in the ass Okay (laughs) I may be wrong I I could 100% be wrong I'll literally find out right after we finish recording When I go finish the Good. (laughs) But uh, I don't feel great about it Is the point (laughs) Okay Okay should we go on to pop culture Yes, I didn't have a whole lot, but okay. yes. Did you have anything for Chapter 28?
0: Um, scheming. They had a whole lot of scheming. Of course, my immediate thought went to Kaz and his scheming face. I'm just imagining her with a scheming face now. Her scheming face isn't going to look as good as
1: Kaz's scheming no, face. No, not.
0: I mean, to be fair, Freddie Carter is a beautiful man, and he's uh, going to have an amazing scheming face. But... Can you believe we're oh only God, God. I have five to... okay. days away? <sighs> I'm so ready. I'm, I like, do, is it going to be released 3 a.m. or midnight? Like, EST. <laughs>
1: um, neither of those things matter to me, because I have a job and I work. I
0: and I, I will not. be in bed by then. <laughs> I literally told my parents, I was like, just so you know, Friday, I'm... Booked. i'll be binging this show i told skyla i was like i know you want to do things this weekend no but i feel bad for hattie because she's been asking me to watch it with her and i was like i mean i could try but you're working and i'm gonna go on my own schedule i'm sorry i, I really should
1: have it. i should have taken this friday off i'm a dumbass you
0: should have it's a holiday it should have been a holiday. <laughs> A religious holiday, the religion is Six of Crows, <laughs> the dregs that's my religion. <laughs> we, we, All hail, Santa, Santa the Alina,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the starless one. <laughs> mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, that's not a cult I want to be a part of. I'm not gonna be right when they actually, like, God forbid they cancel us before they get to the Six of Crows storyline. I will literally go to Netflix in California and <laughs> protest. <laughs> that's all I care about.
1: They won't because they're going to want. So, what'll be interesting is to see how they keep up the crows doing things through Season Storm and Rune and Rising. And then you that means three seasons probably die. before we get Wyland
0: baby i want to see the little baby <laughs> me too but i also really really want nikolai um yeah <laughs> i guess i should read that now. i simp no
1: so hard for nikolai okay anyways um back to back. culture what else you got for anything else for chapter 28 uh not 28 no okay So this is, um, for our next book again, but Jude has this line where she says, bold, that's what I need to be. Like I own the place, like I am the general's daughter, like I can really pull this off and I'm getting such strong vibes of Kate Harkness from this savage song because she's constantly trying to prove that she is her father's daughter and is like capable of all of the destruction that he's capable of and she's not because she's a little cinnamon roll but like she's trying to prove that she's like just as evil as her father all the time it's like daughter father thing i don't know every girl has daddy issues in a ya book so obviously uh but yeah so that reminded me a lot of kate's kate's character i think her and jude have very similar characterizations in a lot of ways uh and then going back to one of my favorite books the the trope of a hidden prince or a princess being like ferreted away to be hidden with like one or two close confidants reminds me of the queen of the tearling um where like princess kelsey is, like, ferreted to live away in the woods where nobody knows where she is. And she has, like, two people that were very, very loyal to her mother, the queen. And they're, like, prepping her how to be queen one day, trying to teach her how to be balanced, teaching her about the politics of the land, all of this stuff, so that she's, like, fully ready to come back and also be, like, a fair and just ruler. So that's what I'm hoping Vivi is for Oak. Mm. She won't be. She's just going (laughs) to leave him at Applebee's and like give him some manga but like you know
0: 711 you know? slushies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's hoping
1: um but that's that's all I had for chapter 28 what do you got for chapter
0: 29 um when she is talking about like the crown and like formulating how she's basically like going to steal the crown right i this is like a kind of a you moment where like why am i connecting these two dots? I don't know, but I am. I just kept thinking of in Sherlock the BBC version um Moriarty when he goes to steal the crown jewels. And he just sits on the throne in the crown room or whatever the heck it's called at the Tower yeah. of London and is like come at me i don't care like that's what i was getting from her she was like the crown i'm gonna get it i don't care it's not a big deal i'm not stressed at all whatever <laughs> like that's the vibe i was getting from her just like she's gonna break into the tower of london and steal the crown jewels no biggie i I love... There's some epic soundtrack behind her. Yes. I love that you
1: picture her with Moriarty
0: energy. <laughs> That's
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Moriarty's my favorite antagonist, like, to hate, you know? He's great. Love to hate
1: him. Love to hate him. Um, but also, let's be realistic, he's a much better thief than Judas.
0: she <laughs> <laughs> He is. could learn some tricks from him.
1: She could. She definitely could. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. That's all I had. <laughs> Okay, I have quite a few for chapter twenty nine. Okay, so, okay. so bear with me here. You are I... the culture queen here. <laughs> I'm I'm in my stride right now. Um, so the talking door knocker. I get that it's a knocker and not a knob, but like bringing it back full circle, that Cardin has like an Alice in Wonderland style talking knob, or like talking door. Was just it was very reminiscent of Alice in Wonderland for me that it's like Mm -hmm. and so in my head canon is he's read that book just as much as Jude has and he's like that was the one thing he asked Mm Baelish for in Hollow Hall was his talking door.
0: Realistically, I think Hollow Hall is supposed to be pretty old, but I like that, yes. It's, uh, you know, whatever.
1: (laughs) Um, Also kind of reminds me of the, like, talking mirror in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban when he's at the Leaky Cauldron and the mirror is, like, telling him what to (laughs) wear. Yes. (laughs) And, like, has a little bit of a personality.
0: (laughs) I love personified objects. I think they're so funny. That's why I love Beauty and the Beast so much. (laughs) honestly that takes it to a whole nother level yeah (laughs) it does
1: uh okay royben so again the situations here are very very different but the mannerisms is where the pop culture reference is coming in royben not being willing to make eye contact with her and being just like super stoic and pretending she doesn't exist reminds me a lot of tamlin from akatar um so this is, I mean, kind of spoilery for the first one, but not a ton. But basically, there's this evil place called Under the Mountain, and this evil lady called Amarantha, and she's holding Tamlin, who's one of the main characters in the book, hostage, and also hold holding Feyre hostage. And Feyre keeps trying to like make eye contact with Tamlin to know that he still loves her, and he's just like so stoic, like not paying attention to her at all pretending she doesn't exist because he doesn't want to give away that he still cares about her because then Amarantha will use that to torture them both. Um but (laughs) just where they pharaoh get would get so uncomfortable that he wasn't looking at her and Jude just got started getting really anxious that the the vibes were similar, even though she's obviously not in love with Royben. I hope (laughs)
0: No.
1: I think his Chinese eating girlfriend would be pretty pissed if yeah, yeah. Jude tried to make a- like You don't have
0: to worry about that. Um
1: but yeah, so the the masking in like the court situation was reminiscent there. Uh and then this one's dumb, so I'm sorry. But when Maddox comes up and is just like, Jude, and she knows, she knows that he knows that she's involved, but she's just like, What? Uh, It reminds me of She's the Man, when Viola is, like, constantly getting into fights with all the debutante stuff. And then that one debutante lady is like, Viola, why are you always in the middle of everything? And Viola's like, bad
0: timing? (laughs) I love Viola. (laughs) That's actually a pretty good... Good connection. Though. Me like too,
1: but it's just like the she way Viola. Yeah, the suspicion of like the parent character, and then them just being like, "It just happened this way."
0: <laughs> I can see like the roach telling her to chew, like she has a secret. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. I would
1: love that. That would be amazing. Um, Also very obviously then reminiscent of McGonagall, where she's like, why is it always you three? True. Oh, yes. Okay. Taryn's little snot-nosed face that she makes at Jude with all of this resentment reminds me in reverse of the judginess of Cressida. I think that's her name in Bridgerton. Um, because Daphne has the Duke and then Cressida is able to land the prince and she's like, the prince is talking to me. Good for you, Daphne. You have
0: the Duke. Daphne's <laughs> like, I don't care. And then Daphne's
1: like, I don't really give a shit about any of this. And then the prince starts paying attention to Daphne and Daphne's like, okay, cool. And then Cressida's like, I will murder you. <laughs> yeah. That that was the, the vibes I was getting from Taryn. A lot of Cressida energy. For sure. And then uh, this isn't a reference per se, but like what you were talking about with Kaz's scheming face. I really need Kaz to teach Jude how to make a
0: plan. <laughs> don't don't harp on her plan. Her plan is so weak. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's a like- five
1: point plan and point one and point five are
0: get in and get out. <laughs> That is useless. I mean, useless. is the gist of the, of any kind of situation like that, right? It is, but, like, what was the roach even tweaking? Their plan is so simple. Yeah.
1: Maybe there's more behind the scenes that they're just not telling us, but it just, it, I would like Kaz to teach her how to do some scheming, because this probably would have all gone off without a hitch. Because, again, I don't think it's going to, but this probably would have all gone off without a hitch if she had Kaz Brecker helping her.
0: Should have gone to the ice court with everyone, you know, gotten some training in. Oh my god, can you imagine her going to the ice court? Inej would murder her after one minute. She would not be there for <laughs> a minute. Like, she would
1: walk <laughs> straight up to Brum and like stomp on his toes. Yeah. <coughs> and he would murder her. Mm-hmm but then you know would have another corpse to use so i guess it works out yeah <laughs> uh okay there's the the scene where she's like unlatching the windows and then trying to move matic away so that people can get in through the windows it reminds me of i don't know if this scene also happens in the books because you know i haven't read the mortal instruments but in the Shadowhunters tv show there's a scene where um magnus is no longer the high warlock of brooklyn like some other person has replaced him he's been like cast out whatever but he needs to steal something from the high warlock of uh of brooklyn so alec goes to the high warlock's house and pretends to like hang out with him and like ask him all these questions and then he unlatches a window so that magnus can sneak in and steal the thing and alec keeps trying to shift the high warlock away from the
0: i don't know if that's in the book but that's pretty funny it it
1: was a very funny scene to watch and i just i mean that was the one that came to mind but that's like a definite trope in any kind of heist where you like leave the window open so someone can crawl through and i just love it every time it happens it brings me joy uh and then this isn't a specific pop culture reference but more just like a general one fighting like Jude fighting Matic feels like when you're fighting a boss but at the beginning of a video game so like before the game's even started and the boss is way over leveled and there's no way you're actually going to be able to defeat it uh and then you have like a deus ex machina like moment where something happens and the boss either like has to fly away or drops down dead because someone else comes in and saves you and then you actually start the game like that's what this felt like to me, that the poison was her mm-hmm. deus ex machina, and she was not going to win that battle otherwise. Not the boss. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, I feel like this one is very obvious, but it's the Princess Bride. With the poison in the cups.
0: That's right, I almost forgot about that. It's been a minute since I watched Princess Bride, yeah.
1: Cause, and, and specifically because, um, I literally can never remember any of their characters' names, but, like, the, the guy has been, like, poisoning himself for months just in case Mm -hmm. he ever needed to be, and so then he poisoned both cups. So. Good point. Yep. That's Uh,
0: definitely a nod to the Princess Bride. That has
1: to be. I think so, yeah. Um, and then, although it doesn't come with as much witty banter as the Princess Bride. The, that well, whole c- compares
0: to the princess I know. Bride, that though. whole
1: scene is just amazing. I love that whole poison scene <laughs> in the Princess Bride. It's so funny. Um, okay. And my last one, uh that comment that she is what Maddox made her, and then she's kind of like using that against him or like deciding to no longer use it to further his interests reminds me a lot of uh Princess Lara from the Bridge Kingdom or Queen Lara from the Bridge Kingdom book which i finished on audible like a couple of days ago uh i'm fairly confident you haven't read this no but it's another sort of like enemies to lovers thing the main character is uh sent in as an assassin but to and a spy but to marry the king like she's being sold off as his bride but her father has been training her for years and years and years to basically be this assassin spy um And to infiltrate their kingdom so that he can conquer it, basically. And she is always throughout the book talking about, like, what her father made her, how it's the only thing she'll ever be good at doing, how she's not worth anything else. Um, But she similarly does not use her talents to do what her father wants, at least not on purpose. Um, She tries to do what she can to, like, actually save the kingdom that she's living in and, like, save her husband. That may be a spoiler. But everyone knows it's Enemies to Lovers, so I don't think it's that much of a spoiler. Uh, it's a good book, though, if you want a nice Enemies to Lovers romance. Not not a bad one. Anyways, yep. Lots of pop culture references. Good. You're the pop culture queen. I try. I try. MVP? MVPs. Who's going first this week? I think you do. I go first? Okay. Yep. Um, I'm going to give my MVP, hmm, who do I want to give my MVP to this week? I'm kind of thinking Vivi. I'm going to give my MVP to Vivi because she is, even though she's furious with Jude, and does not like this plan and is not on board with anything that's going on. Not only is she actually providing sage wisdom and like doing the right thing by standing up to Jude, but she's still going to help her and like be her support system and be her big sister, um, when Jude needs her. And be a big sister to Oak when Oak needs her, even though she definitely doesn't want to. Um, so I just thank the Lord for Vivi, because this family would have killed itself along
0: long time ago if it weren't for her it's a good choice yeah what about you i'm going to give it to jude oh i think that as you said her plan is kind of flawed but you know she's trying i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt um but i also think that she like she in her little scuffle with Maddox I think that she does make some really good plays like she got the poison on him which is a big deal um, and is able to hold him off long enough and like is also able to kind of see like and call him out on the fact that like he's using the word I when he's talking about the kingdom he's not using the word we he's Mm -hmm. using I and that's a really important point to make yeah. um and i'm glad that she likes points that out to him and realizes like he was never really in it for all of them he was right. in it for himself right um and that's tough when that's your father and let's somebody you've looked up to for a really long time mm-hmm. that's really really difficult to do um and then yeah, I mean, I guess that's the main point, is, like, I think she's finally kind of starting to think one step ahead of everyone, which she should have been doing a long time ago, mm-hmm. but it's fine.
1: Well, and she's finally she's... seeing him for his true colors. Like, she's finally yeah, exactly. recognizing and building that into her strategy rather than underestimating Maddox's choices, which she's done for most yeah. of the book.
0: So, I think Next that's up her. is Balakin. Ah. Uh... <sighs> But yeah, so I'll give it to I'll give it to her this week. I think she deserves it. She's really trying.
1: Yeah. No, she she does. And this is, is like
0: a big thing to like step into because she's exposing herself. So Yeah. No, that's super true. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, okay. Wine review. I'm giving this a six out of ten. It's a young Napa Cabernet. It's something mm. that you've opened way too early, so it's still kind of like acidic. It hasn't had time to sit yet. Like you rushed it too quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we were talking about. It feels a little bit rushed at points. It doesn't feel completely together. It's still right. tight and like you need to give it time to like breathe a little bit. Um, to but like it's, it's just a step away from being that bold, beautiful, dark Napa Cabernet that it could be. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, so I would give it a six out of ten. I think that that's fair. I, you know,
1: there's not a lot of whining in in these chapters. Um, I think the disappointment and the sadness and the angst is mostly justified um, where it comes from. Like Vivi's complaining is all completely valid. <laughs> like I don't blame her for being what you know, nineteen, twenty and not wanting to become a parent to a seven year old fairy in the non fairy
0: responsibility. Realm? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. Yes it is. <laughs> I'm well aware of how big this is. <laughs> I can barely really
0: get cats when I'm twenty six.
1: So it's it's a big thing to take on. And like to have to do that for ten years when you're just starting to like figure out this relationship with your girlfriend like that's a lot so i don't blame her for complaining and trying to like dissuade jude out of that um and jude's pretty level-headed about everything in this chapter um so i don't there's not a lot of whining so i'm gonna give it a pretty low score a three out of ten and most of that is for all of the whining that taryn does with her eyes
0: (laughs) great i love that
1: (laughs) It's not written but we all know it's happening. Yeah. All right. Well, that is pretty much it for this week. So, thanks everyone for listening. If you're not following us on social media, you should. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at unnecessary angst pod and on Twitter at unangst pod. And you can also send us emails about books that you're reading, books that we're reading really anything to do with books just chat we're always around <laughs> you can email us at unnecessary gmail at gmail.com and with that we will talk to you all next week when we finally wrap up the last chapter and the epilogue of yeah. the cruel prince where i'm so excited and also terrified um but cannot wait to talk about it with you julia
0: i'm excited
1: okay we'll talk to you all next week have a good one bye